Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Big Sean, Karen, you guys checked your Robinhood stock? Uh, I'm scared, Matt. Man, <laughs> I don't know you got that game stock. You got that game stock. You, you guys got rich this week. For all you Generation X and Y and Z and millennials, if you don't know the the fable of Robin Hood, it's where Rob, this guy in tights, you know, skin tights, would go to to the rich, take from the rich, and distribute to the to the poor. And hence why this whole premise of this company, Robin Hood, is like an online platform platform where you can buy and sell stock. With no fees, right? And it was a way for the poor, like I said, the the small <laughs> guy, to be able to 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 partake in in the game that all the rich guys partake in. Their whole so, their whole sales pitch was they were here to democratize investing. Exactly. So now I say I don't know if they're Robin Hood anymore. We're gonna like, the title of the show is Robbing Hood. That's double B, right, Karen? Not Robin. Well, much like in the famous tale. Once the wealthy redistributed the wealth by force to the little people, they got mad and wanted it all back. So now we know. And how I think that's what is. the big guys did. And who else better to explain it than my main man, my brother from another mother? Say no more. Welcome to the stage, Mister Wall Street, but still cool guy, Prath Ready. Prath, um, we had to bring you on to talk to break this down for our listeners and, and give us your take on it. You're like playing on the fence. I don't even know which side you fall on. Are you the good guy, the bad guy, or are you just a guy? I'm just a silent observer. <laughs> but it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Brad, can you break down for anybody who's not fully aware of what just happened over the last week or the la- in recent days with GameStop? Can you can you give us the the play by play? Yeah, I can I can I can do my best here. Um, so over the last few months and really all of last year you had this uh, rising up of retail investors, uh, you know, kind of mom and pop investors, just like everyone on this podcast right now, and I'm sure everyone that's listening, um, having access to these uh, zero fee, zero commission uh, brokerage accounts. 
So a lot of these stocks were running up last year and some online forums kind of uh, were, were able to attract a lot of these people to be able to you know, exchange ideas and, and figure out different uh, stocks that they might you know plan to invest in. And one of these forums happens to be Reddit and on Reddit, there's a channel uh, called Wall Street Bets. Uh, it's been around for a number of years, uh, but obviously gained a lot of traction last year with everyone getting stimulus checks and figuring out kind of where to put, you know, where to play the, the stock market. So um, last year, there was this guy in the channel that continued to post his kind of, you know, end of day trading results and specifically GameStop. And, you know, he took like a, uh, I want to say like an options position that was kind of way out of the money in the future. And everyone was like, oh, why are you wasting your money? And he kept posting it. And then, you know, GameStop stock slowly started kind of going up and up in value all last year, just kind of riding the wave as all the other retail stocks were. And then in December, there was some news that came out that uh, one of the guys that was the founder of Chewy, like the, um, the, the pet food kind of e-commerce uh, company that went public last year uh, or right. the year before, uh, they took a large position in GameStop. And so that created some speculation in December, uh, caused the stock price to kind of shoot up. And then in January, uh, that same founder from Chewy uh, decided to take a board seat. So then that also drove a lot of speculation around the stock too. But at the same time, you had this like kind of craziness going on in this channel with everybody kind of feeding on, feeding on one another uh, and wanting to get jump in on the stock. By so, emojis, you know, like feeding each other by emojis, sending it like they're like, their research yeah. is all emoji based, <laughs> like happy face, sad face, rockets, exactly. diamond hands. All no, all like of nothing that we learned in college, right? Perhaps like there's no, there's no text. There's, they were, they, they weren't looking no. at like the fundamentals or anything like that. No, nothing no. like that. Nothing but like they did that. believe that that definitely like uh, GameStop was undervalued because they were saying that it wasn't showing any losses. It was meeting its, it was covering its overhead. You know, and they had a plan for repositioning themselves. They know they were like this brick and mortar type business, but they were like they were trying to get into more online demand. And even with the surge of PS5, they're like, well, we can still sell some consoles and we can stay alive. But Wall Street, you guys, excuse me, <clears throat> not we're saying like, F that, you know, no way you're you're trash. You're not going anywhere. You have you're not going to adjust to this new market. You got to get swallowed by the Walmarts and the Amazons and yeah. your stock. But, we're going to just bet but, that you're, you're, you're going to drop in value but yes, sean big man. do you, you think they, they they did this because they thought gamestop they were trying to save or they thought there was are were they just trying to get at the greedy hedge like do you think it was because they believed in gamestop or were they did they think that the no they were betting against gamestop they were betting that's when you i no, no, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the hedge fund i'm talking about the redditors that were coming for, for the... uh, no it was more of a they, well there was one guy right prat that believed that you know that it was not what wall street was having and that's where you want that's what you're looking for that sweet spot where you feel that you know what they're what the what the what they're saying on wall street or what the masses are saying is not true yeah i think there were two factions in that reddit group frankly there was one faction that was like all about gamestop they wanted like the company to survive and they're willing to support it and then there was another faction that slowly kind of created a, a larger and larger presence there uh, which was against wall street and yeah. kind of looking at the short interest that was out there uh, and realizing that, you know, if they were able to squeeze these hedge funds out of it, that there would be huge gains to be had. And so they were kind of piling on one another mm -hmm. and, uh, con you know, kind of encouraging also, everyone to, to get in on the stock. 
that, that don't, those things don't have to be opposite, you know, like you can, you can root for a company that you believe in and also want to screw over these big hedge funds, which I think whether you understand how the market works or not. And like, I just think it's super opaque to most people. Um, you, I think that most people also at the same time get the, the feeling that there's some stuff that we, there, there's obviously stuff that is going on that we don't understand. Not only that we don't understand, but information that we don't have access to that actually affects our lives and kind of places parameters around, places sort of a ceiling, an invisible ceiling that we know is there but can't see, um, you know, on our ability to obtain wealth. I think people like people chafe at that, you know, it's like mm -hmm. almost like the way of conspiracies where like people kind of go off the rails, but they're not really wrong to think that others conspire, you know, like clearly they do. Just on a next level though, and we're going to get more into it, but I just want to say this and what people don't even talk about. These hedge funds are so massive and they're so connected to everything we buy, sell, and do that everybody's thinking like they're two separate worlds. The hedge funds goes under and the common guy is not affected by it. If these hedge funds go under, we are all affected directly from the losses that these funds take because they got to borrow the money against it. Their, their, their funds are, are, consist of everyday things that we use that we don't talk about. So you thinking that, oh, the small guy's winning because the hedge fund is going under, we're kind of all getting screwed. And it may not, you may not feel it right away, but you'll feel it down the road. Mm -hmm. But aren't the Redditors doing exactly what hedge fund guys have been doing, how they manipulate the market? Isn't, aren't, they, aren't they just kind of doing the same thing? They kind of are. Yeah, I'd say they're kind of acting in concert with one another and have adopted a strategy and now they're executing on that strategy. I mean, you know, if, if they all formalize that into a hedge fund, I mean, I don't think anyone would have blinked an eye. <laughs> um, but, you know, to Sean's point, though, yeah, I don't think what's happening here is, is really, you know, systemic, like the 2008 financial crisis. Like, these are hedge funds. They're not the banks, right? So they're not, you know. But they got to borrow uh, from the bank when, like, when they cut their losses, some of them. Yeah, but a lot of them aren't. I know a lot of them have kind of, you know, lines from the banks in terms of funding sources. A lot of them are backed by other larger hedge funds and so forth. So the dominoes continue. I, I get that point. But the ones that were, you know, kind of supremely short in these stocks that are now, you know, feeling the pressure, um, I wouldn't say that any of these hedge funds are necessarily, you know, systematically important to the financial mm -hmm. system. Is anybody, is anybody getting fired over this at a hedge fund? Like, is this going to come down on somebody or is this like a, a black swan event? Why is it going to be well, a black swan? Their bonuses are going to get cut. <laughs> a swan. Yeah, sure. A colorless swan event. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's January. So they have all the rest of this year to kind of make up for all these losses. But mm. it's deep losses, though. I mean, talk about digging out of a trench, right? I think like Melvin Capital and some of the other ones that made the headlines they're down 15, 20, 30% so far this year. So that's, that's not the time. That's yeah, but this, and, and if this trend continues, I mean, it's changing the way in which trading is going to be done because you have now an outlier, a group of people that can group together and say, hey, buy this stock and off the momentum of the stock, push up the price. And even to the point that, you know, where it's called a short squeeze, I think. Well, let's even go back to explaining what an option is, Pratt, before we even get into that. Like, why don't you tell us, to listeners like just a high level of what option trading is and then we can kind of delve a little deeper uh sure i'm happy to dive in that i'm i'm more of a debt guy myself not an equity guy but I'll, I'll do my best here so options are nothing more than derivatives so they are priced based off of the underlying value of a of a, a stock typically so you can buy uh, an option to buy that stock in the future or sell that stock in the future at a predetermined price 
And there's a whole options market behind that that fluctuates up and down based on supply demand, but as well as the time value of that option as well. So, um, so and so in summary, you, it's just you're saying a contract to buy or sell a stock. That's really what an option is. Yep, exactly. The, the right to, but not the obligation. Yeah. A lot of the people who are watching this and trying to understand what's going on, like this is, can you also talk about the whole speculation industry and speculators for people who don't understand, like these aren't people who necessarily owned GameStop stock who were betting against GameStop. It's the speculation market, correct? There's a difference there, right? Yeah, I mean, the hedge funds were taking a position based on the fundamental value of GameStop itself and saying that this company is not going to last that long. But were they taking a position against the fundamentals? Because like we were saying before, their fundamentals were actually okay. It, it yep. says, it says uh, you know, what I understand about their um, valuation was that at their absolute peak, their market cap was uh, $28 billion, um, which was maybe even high. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the business that GameStop is in, they're literally video game stores in malls. Like, no one's going to malls and no yeah. one's buying video games in, in video game stores anymore. <laughs> so, you know, the, the go forward trend for GameStop looked very bleak. So they had to come in and kind of completely, you know, redefine what their go forward strategy was, which is why, you know, this Chewy yeah. guy came in. And that's why there was a lot of speculation around his ability to shake things up and turn GameStop into, you know, the Chewy, but for video games. Right which they've done really well with uh, in competing with Amazon and other e-commerce marketplaces. So that's what it, you know, that's what it had going for it. But, right. you know, for, uh, for a hedge fund looking at fundamentals, that's still a lot of uncertainty, whether or not they're going to be able to execute, whether or not they're going to be able to actually raise enough capital and get the resources to, you know, have that turnaround strategy take place. So, you know, they were all betting against them. And, and that's, that's the position they took. And so that's short selling, right, Prath? So, I mean, I'm sure they employed all sorts of strategies, but I think a lot of them were um, exactly they were they were short sellers. So what that means is they were borrowing stock uh, from a counterparty and then going out there and uh, basically selling it onto the open market and waiting to repurchase it, hopefully at a lower price to then return back to the to the counterparty that they borrowed it from. Um, so the the difference between, you know, where they borrowed it from and where they kind of buy it back from the market is their profit. But if the stock goes the other way, right, if it actually increases in value, then, you know, typically their counterparty uh, asks for that stock back. And it's like a margin call situation because they don't want to be at risk of, you know, the company never being able to buy it back or uh, kind of, you know, right. running it, you know, going into some financial ruin on their end where they would never be able to, to buy that back. So they force them to buy it back at higher prices. And then that, you know, naturally forces the stock price to go higher and higher as well in that process. Because yeah, that's called the squeeze, a short squeeze, right? Yeah. And then yeah, when exactly. the, this crazy thing, when you're shorting the, the stock, you're going to have to pay like someone like an interest payment along the way while you're boring, the, while you're like having the right to buy that stock. So it's like, it can be a very costly position. Mm -hmm. And if the stock keeps going up, you got to buy it back at the higher price plus play whatever fee you're going to pay to them. So there's a point which, which, which I was relaying saying the short squeeze where you even as the hedge fund investor, you had to buy the stock that drove up in price, which also, you know, increased the price of the stock. And that's what caused this, this momentum to continue. Yeah, exactly. And do it just to put some real numbers around that, right? So let's just say I'm, I'm a hedge fund. I go out there and I, I borrow the stock, but it's $20 a share. 
and then there's a cost to borrow that, let's just say it's a dollar. So as long as I go out there and sell it into the open market and then repurchase it at $19, then you know I break even for every dollar below 19, I'm making a profit. But if it goes the other way, now I have to buy it back at $25 and now I've lost $6, right? And then it just keeps, you know, the, the losses just grow on, on each other the higher the stock goes. And, and that, that is the short squeeze. That's why I always say the stock market is so much about betting and like mm -hmm. high stakes gambling in a lot of sense because nobody's talking about fundamentals, performance of game stock. What are they selling? Does game stock even like make any money from all this trans all this fluctuation in stock going up and down? Prath? Like are they just sitting on the sideline like everybody else? Yeah, so for the most part, um, that's that they're not really benefiting from it unless they have uh you know, uh, an equity program where they're where they're raising uh, more money by selling more shares in the open market. So I believe GameStop and some of the other companies that have been affected by all of the retail volatility over the last week uh, are in fact capitalizing on it by by selling shares into the open market. Just a, a question that's been on my mind from watching all of this. It seems to me it's like. It's like when a, a police officer gets pulled over by another police officer, how like, you know, they don't, you know, we don't get police officers tickets or if the, the, like the people in power, like they don't seem to punish other people in power. And I feel like, like the rules seem to apply, like all of a sudden when Reddit or, or when, uh, I'm sorry, when Robin Hood and like all of this, these people up in arms and we need to regulate this and shut this mm -hmm. down and blowing the whistle. No, it's how we can't do that. Like, it just seems like there's a whole lot of, uh, or even Google reversing the the the, the bad ratings that yeah. uh, it's like oh no we're going to keep your your five star rating like all this we're 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 doing all this bending over backwards for the powerful mm -hmm. it, it, I don't know it just strikes me as a little bit of some BS going on here yeah I, I agree I think there's a little bit of a double standard out there for sure I think I don't think the regulators are allowing everyone to play by the same rule book you know what what really threw me off was on Thursday when um, effectively Robin Hood you know, didn't allow people to, to buy in anymore. They could only allow existing users to sell, uh, mm -hmm. you know, GameStop and other stocks, which, you know, fundamentally in a, in a free market, like that's, that's completely messed up, right? Like you're, you're basically saying the entire retail base that has been following the stock that's now causing the short squeeze, you're preventing them from being able to trade freely. Um, so you're controlling the market. Yeah, exactly. It's market manipulation, except just in a different form. And they, and they hate that. They famously hate regulation. You try to regulate them, yeah. the, the, the screaming and yelling as far as the ear can hear. And now one thing goes wrong. I mean, do you think, I mean, clearly, obviously, that's a double standard. But is this the kind of thing that could actually, like, upend finance as we know it? Or is this a cute trick that people did once and now regulators and hedge funds and whatever, whoever's actually in charge is now now knows that they can happen and just going to regulate that option out. For well, the I'll tell time. you this before Prath answers. I just want to say this to comment what you're just saying, Karen. History shows that when there's a redistribution of wealth or where there's a redistribution of power, the rules change. Everything that you thought were the rules supposed to be, all of a sudden there's new rules, there's new things to stop the masses, to stop the redistribution of wealth. That's mm -hmm. history. That's what happens. People get scared. Robin Hood is actually supported by, and one of the investors is one of these hedge funds. So they have their big power to look up to. And they're like, they never thought, saw this coming. And, so that's you know, what I'm that's what I'm saying. Did 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 retail investors kind of show their hand here? Like sort of play this one hand that they have and now the hand's gonna be taken away? I don't I don't necessarily think so. I think I think 
you know, the organization of retail investors on these forums is probably here to stay. And I don't really see a world where the regulators can regulate against that type of activity. Because you don't think the market's really, going to correct it? You don't think the SEC is going to correct this? I don't think there's anything that they can do. Right? Oh, yeah? Because, because in the channels themselves, it's not like anybody. I mean, I'm sure that there were some people that were, you know, spewing misinformation about the stock and perhaps encouraging other people to invest. But, you know, it's it's just so fragmented that they're going to have to go through and and, you know, find out who these people were and then, you know, prosecute them. Like, I, I just don't see this is going to hit the floor. Like there's going to be a this is going to hit Congress like a year from now. They're going to talk about this, what rules and regulations to be put in. All the lobbyists are going to get involved with this. This redistribution, the giving it to the this mass is not happening. You know what's going to happen, in my opinion, in Sean Linda's humble opinion? The Robin Hoods of this world, they're going to be charged. You're going to be charged fees now. There's going to be there's back end fees that you're going to be paying. You can't be buying and selling. There's going to be rules made so that it's well, not as easy to enter. Bears to on enter Robin will Hood, start to come up, Rath. They will, they will Hood, start to occur. As much as Robin Hood says there's no fees, there's no explicit fees. There are implicit fees using Robin Hood. You're effectively not getting the best price when they execute your order. Uh, so they're, they're earning a spread in the middle, and they're just not charging you up front for it. What? So what does that is, mean? No I hate one. it already. Yeah, you got you you to you you kind of break that down for our listeners. Yeah, what does that even mean? I'm, you, a, I'm very upset, but I don't really know why. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the way to think about it is that if you if you place like an order, uh, you know, to buy one share of stock at $5, um, Robinhood will go out there and most likely buy that stock at like $4.95 and pocket the difference. No. Uh, you just don't That's know. Why it's called robbing hood. Why but why do I not know that? Why do they do they disclose it in fine print that I'm missing or do they not have an obligation to disclose? I'm getting That's very a good question. That's a good question. But like they you know they themselves are working with other market makers. Of course so, they are. you know they what they're advertising to retail investors is saying you give us, you know, your order. We're not going to charge you anything on top of that order, but we're going to go out and execute it at the best possible price. But the best possible price for them is making sure that they net some type of margin in between what you put in and what they actually see. Is there anybody that doesn't do that in a retail trading arena? Nah, everybody. If, uh, if it's zero, if it's no, fee, if it's no fees, that means you're not getting best possible that. execution. So what's, what's better then? I'm so sorry, Matt, but I just have a quick question. What's better than paying a fee up front or having them margin you or whatever this is? It honestly doesn't matter because retail investors put in such small order order sizes that they're always going to be kind of at the lower end of the totem pole in terms of order execution. So if I'm if I'm coming in as like a large institutional investor or just whatever, a billionaire, and I'm buying, you know, 100,000 shares, that 100,000 share order is going to take priority over my one share order over here. Right, right, and right. That hundred thousand plot block is going to dictate the price of that stock. Oh, okay. Because I have one share of Zoom, and I, I didn't think it was setting market <laughs> prices or anything. But now I know for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Robinhood provides like fractionalized shares and all that right. stuff too on certain on certain names. Um, all that comes at a price. They 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 need to make money somehow too. Obviously. <laughs> Another interesting layer to this is that our new Treasury. Secretary Janet Yellen, uh, who is I guess is going, she yelling? <laughs> she's she not yelling too loud about this. She's kind of quiet. There's a conflict of interest. I guess she made like eight hundred grand doing business with one of the firms that's involved in this mess. So it's like to me again, like the the cops aren't giving the cops tickets. It just feels like who? Uh, I just feel like there's so much. The game the the game is fixed. It seems. Well, that's what they were exposing. How and then and how we can come together as a community 
and, and, and kind of even out the playing field. And that's why I truly believe that these hedge fund guys are all coming together. The ones that didn't like each other, like, hey, Bob, Joe, we're not making as much money anymore. This was using you and I used to battle this out. Now we got these massive people trying to battle with it. Let's let's lobby, put our big time lawyers down on, on Congress and put some rules and regulations and barriers to enter to stop this from happening because this trend will continue. Next it's GameStop, next it's Sean Linda stock, you know. Let's <laughs> let's yeah. let Matt Smith and Karen stock. You know, it doesn't matter about the fundamentals of financials that these hedge well, funds guys look at. It's it's about hype. This okay, this so whole thing was driven up by hype and momentum. So they can pick any stock per se, right? Within reason, perhaps yeah. they can pick any stock and drive up the price if they choose to, correct? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's what they always have had that, you know, power in the market. But social right? media, social yeah, media galvanized the entire yeah, uh, community can, across say, the country or world. It's not <laughs> just you talking to your little circle of like, oh, I got 20 of my friends and we're all going to buy GameStop. No, yeah. I'm calling, I'm, I, I have this platform and I have like, a hundred thousand followers or a million followers and we're all about to just screw the system. Yeah. I actually that's think that like if if these hedge funds, you know, catch wind of what, what's going on here and, and that's the that's the power of social media and the power of trending and all of that, which they are all acutely aware of, but I don't think they ever saw it actually get put to the test in, in any individual stock until this past week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, for, for any positions that these guys are looking to promote or demote for their own purposes. I mean, that's where the regulators should be actually closely watching is seeing if there's anyone just dropping kind of like a bomb into a chat room, right? Forcing kind of a trending situation on any name that they may have a position in and trying to trace that back to like, you know, some but that's not illegal. Trying to make it happen. Like these guys go on MSNBC and talk about stocks and talk about things. If they, you know, that's not telling people, hey, I think this is a good thing to buy. I don't think it's a good thing to buy. They said that's not illegal. See, now people are making it seem like that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You know what I think is going to happen, though, is they were really smart. And I I know that, like, people, I know that this goes on behind us. Well, you'll you'll hear about it. If the, if, if big, um, I don't know, if hedge funds or whatever are really smart, they will have people. If the man is smart, he will have people, he, the collective he, will have people in these forums, on these subreddits. And it's going to look like a regular Redditor with someone with an oh, extensive absolutely. history, upvotes, downvotes, whatever it's going to be. And, and, and trusted and, member Karen, of the Reddit community. Well. Karen, they don't even, they don't even well. need to be in there. They don't, they don't even need to be in the chat room. There's already technology out there that, that scrapes all of the different mentions of any given ticker on Reddit and all the hedge funds subscribe to this service. So like they already know what's going on out there. <laughs> but I mean, I mean to, to misdirect the people who are on that forum in the first place, posing as one of them, because that's like the next level of inception of all this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Isn't it though? I mean, on some level, it's an entertaining game, isn't it? But on the other hand, I don't know the rules of the game, so I hate it. <laughs> the rules I of the game it's, are it's to make money. That's, make that's, money. That's the only exactly. rule of the game. So can the little guy, and by the little guy, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I feel like that's a very diminishing way to refer to myself, but you get the point. Can the little guy accrue real wealth using these like retail platforms or do you have to be executing 100,000 share orders? So let me just summarize it. What's the risk and exposure to the little guy you think, Brad, through this? I think the risk and the exposure is that if, if these, you know, stock price run-ups like go undressed, then ultimately somebody's going to be left holding the bag at the end of the day. It can't keep going up. At mm-hmm. some point, it has to fall back to reality to reflect the actual value of the underlying company. Um, and who says? The guys that, who says? 
well, through active because I mean, that's an inefficiency, right? So it's an inefficiency that has to get exploited. It will get exploited by guess who? The hedge fund. Is Tesla ever <laughs> going to trade at its true value? Last year, Tesla was broke, and this year they're like the top stock to buy, and that was all emotional buying as well. Yeah, but there's a lot of institutional money behind Tesla, though. That's actually kind of propping that value up. I would, so there you I'm go. Hard. That's my point. Is it really producing the, the, the widgets that they're saying, producing, making the money they're saying, or are they being propped up? You love my word widgets. Had to <laughs> Why is everything a widget to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned in my time when I went to school in Boomer Boomer University. We talk widgets, okay? <laughs> Sean graduated in 1947, and that's oh, when the widget God. market was way up. <laughs> <laughs> World widget War II had just wrapped up, and we were filling the squeeze. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Tesla is like a very u unique case. Obviously, mm. I think they were they broke last year. They didn't, make, they didn't meet any of their numbers, and now they're like the yeah, hottest but, stock you know, to buy. It's, it's buying Elon Musk and his vision, and it's buying mm. kind of the green energy trend and all of that stuff. So it, it, it's different than what's happening in GameStop, because I think everybody can understand that a video game store is the same thing as Tesla. Right. Does like this change how, how we feel about the Robin Hood, like just that industry? Like, are they... Like, you know, robbing the hood, you know, like to Sean's original name of this show. Like, Sean, mm -hmm. how do you feel about the Robin Hood? I mean, you know, not if they want to advertise on the show, I'm not trying to fully hate on it, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it's like, it feels like, it feels like a little a hypocrisy. They're a puppet in the whole game, but then like, they're a puppet in the whole game, hypocrisy, but we have no choice to, to use them. But we know now that who they're driven by, you know, they're driven by higher power, higher upset, who expect certain things. And for them to do what they did, like Prath mentioned, that's not an easy decision because it goes against everything you define yourself to be. And I'm not saying if, my, if I was in that position, I wouldn't make the same decision reluctantly because you're being squeezed, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really tough decision and it's arguable as to whether or not they even had the decision to make. I think that their hand was forced that's what you bring on the show, Pat. You're so cool. Like you say things that I would not think of. They didn't have a decision to make. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate for them though, because they were they were planning to go go public later this year, right? And, um, and they still will. You know, they, they they did really well last year, and they've been adding millions and millions of users. Like everything's going for them, and this like you know critical point where they could have you know showcased to the world that they're really standing behind their mission and their value and. They just totally dropped the ball, you know, and, and it sucks. Go right? tap dancing. <laughs> their CEO was on cable news tap dancing hard. He was trying to like, go. He ain't sounding stupid. That's why I love Cadence. They represent. I always say I don't. I don't rest in the product. I rest in the people. Prath Reddy's whatever Prath Reddy's part of. I'm down with the program. Is that true, Prath? Who started you on here anyway? I don't know. He doesn't. Uh, let's don't ask him that question. He's my friend. No, 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 Prath. You do not have to answer that question. The fifth, Prath. Don't let Bondi I'm on the side of transparent markets and efficiency. That's very what diplomatic. Well cool. done. A perfect that? path answer. That was a that was a pathism <laughs> if I've ever heard one. Flawless <laughs> victory. That's how you. That's how you answer a question. Is there any last thoughts or questions on anybody's <laughs> mind? Have I have a question that I believe went unanswered. Uh, Sean's fault, not Pat's fault. Can I get rich on Robinhood? Yeah, I I think anyone can get rich on Robinhood for sure. I think the the old mantra of investing in things you know and the fundamentals and investing for the long term, I think, are what people should actually use. Wah, 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 not, wah. not as a casino. Not I, so don't gamble. follow the emojis, Pratt. Don't follow the emojis. Yeah, don't get into yeah. the chats and follow the emojis. 
those rocket ships could go to the moon, but they could swing right back and hit you in the face. So that was I, a brilliant quote. We're making a T-shirt of that. Oh my god, that's, that's so coming good. out soon. <laughs> good slingshot right Don't around. Don't let that so. rocket ship hit you on the ass on the way out. I love it. There goes a snap. I think people should take investing seriously and and think about you know how how it can impact their life over the long term and not get too caught up in the in the day to day hype with all of this because well, I think most people to... will get burned more than more than not unfortunately to me it comes down to only invest what you can afford to lose you have right. a few thousand dollars that you want to play around with and have fun with and rocket ship your emojis and yeah. get far involved in the group chats and see where it can go have fun with it have fun exactly to me though that's that's gambling that's casino money it's not that's, it's not actual long-term investing money in my opinion right because that because what so <laughs> that goes against that goes against other investing um rhetoric and wisdom right like if you if you only invest money that you can afford to lose you're not going to make real money ever in your entire life you have to invest money to make money right you do but there, i think there's a there's a speculative allocation that you could provide to yourself right if you had a hundred dollars and you know 95 of it was in safe stocks and bonds and you got the whole asset allocation down and you want to you know play with the other five dollars go for it I mean, if that's if that's what makes you happy, right? <laughs> so maybe a, a next show we need to do is what's the difference between investing and gambling? Um, but on, <laughs> I need to know. I always thought I viewed it as very similar. Maybe they're just cousins. But I think I think the lines have blurred now, especially with Robinhood and all these other you know zero mm-hmm. fee apps, where it becomes very easy to compare it versus DraftKings, right? I mean, like what what's the outcome? You're you're placing a bet. And you're putting money to it, and you don't know whether it's going to work out or not, but you hope you hope that it does. <laughs> All right, people. Well, before we continue discussing this Robin Hood, GameStop money grab, we have to take a quick commercial break so we can grab a little money for ourselves. So stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We'll be right back. Black guys. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome back to Black Guys Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, we've been discussing the Robin Hood games that are, as Sean likes to refer to it, robbing the hood, uh, the GameStop story. Uh, it's been a very informative show. 
Craft, we thank you for joining us as the fourth member, the official fourth member of the band. Yeah, you're breaking, hired. Breaking down this <laughs> GameStop Reddit Robin Hood story, and, and you know, because everybody's talking about it. So again, we thank you. Absolutely, thank you for having me again, guys. I can always come back, and maybe a week from now, this whole thing will will morph into some new story, and uh, we can we can pick it up from there. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for coming on, and everybody that's understanding what's going on and robbing the hood. Mm, mm, heard that. All right. Well, that brings this episode to a close. I'm one fourth of two black guys with good credit. Happy to be here. And like I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. And clearly there's a lot of stuff changing, but I'm out. I'm Karen Margolis, obviously. And I am, let's say a fourth. And I welcome you, Prath, as the fourth member of two black guys with good credit. I mean, you know, not for money, but just as, you know, a very big honor for you. Um, <laughs> welcome on board. I am one fourth of two black guys with good credit. And as I always say, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do next. All right. Well, as the uh, honorary one fourth of two black guys with good credit, uh, this is Prath Reddy. And as I always say, when you sling those rockets around the moon, just make sure it doesn't come back and hit you right in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was great. I can't wait for all of our T-shirts, and then we can compete and see which one sells out more. <laughs> I'm Sean Linda, the better quarter of two black guys with good credit. And if you want to send us a shout out, please email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com. That's two black guys with good credit gmail.com. And like I say every show and every week, your money is your money. Keep it in your damn pocket, people. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.